in 2018, there were about 1,500 catalytic converter thefts in California. Just the last year, we found a little north of 51,000 wow. catalytic converter thefts, more than a thousand percent bump. We are hearing statistics on crime, which we're not really sure what to believe. I never, never believed in my wildest dreams that we would see it get this bad. My guest today is John Kavatak with NFIB, which represents many small businesses in California. Today, he's going to tell us how businesses are impacted by crime and what's gonna happen if California doesn't fix its laws. These aren't just people stealing property. It's now getting very serious and escalating to violence. In San Jose, as a teenage clerk was trying to stop somebody in a retail store from walking out with one bottle of liquor. That teenager was killed. I'm Siamai Karami. Welcome to California Insider. John, it's great to have you back on. Welcome back. Oh, it's always great to be back with you, CMAC. Thank you so much. Love this. Love this. John, it's, it's great to see you. And we, I want to talk to you about a phenomenon that's happening in California. You know, when I came here, when I would go to retail stores, I would, it was just such a free environment where it's like you, you wouldn't feel like people are watching you when you're shopping. And coming from Iran, like there was a lot of shoplifting. The shopkeepers would have to always watch out. Right. Here, it wasn't like that. But recently, we see a lot of the stores are locking up items, like small items that you would, you would wonder, like, why are they locking this item up, like batteries or certain items that are locked up. And at the same time, we are hearing statistics on crime, which we're not really sure what to believe. You deal with a lot of small businesses and you deal with a lot of businesses and right. retailers. You're seeing what's happening behind the scenes. Can you tell us what you see out there in California now? Yeah, and it's not pretty, I'll tell you. First of all, though, I will say it's great to see you. Great to be back. And, uh, uh, you know, as the California director of the National Federation of Independent Business, we are the state's and the nation's leading small business advocacy group. This is a real problem we are finding, not just amongst our small business owners, but just everyday small business owners and, frankly, residents in communities that are finding this spike over the past probably three to five years of crime, retail crime, crimes on you know, porch piracies in neighborhoods, really spiking to a point where unfortunately now what we're finding is these aren't just people stealing property, it's now getting very serious and escalating to violence and interpersonal interactions where it's becoming very dangerous. So uh, it's not a good scene. I can tell you, as we look out and see this, you know, we, can, we have seen over the past year, just to give you an example, in Sacramento County, we've seen a spike in crime and property crime of over of close to 17%. In San Jose, nearly 17%. San Francisco doesn't sound like a lot, but about 4.4%. But we're seeing almost in all of the cities that we have looked at a spike in property crimes, people stealing property, but now this escalating now to very dangerous situations. Do you believe these statistics? Because when I hear the 17% or 4%, you know, it's like, would they lock up these items for 4% of increase? Or is it that people have given up on reporting because what's the purpose of reporting the crime? If you're a retailer and you're not gonna get your merchandise back, well, and you're absolutely right. I think the biggest thing that they're feeling right now is that, you know, why should I even try and report this? Why should I even call the police? They won't come. 
And that isn't directed at our law enforcement. It's the fact that they, there are so few of our law enforcement personnel out there that your average small business owner feels helpless and hopeless because they just don't know that there's a law enforcement sufficient number to support them in their community. They have faith in law enforcement. They just don't have faith that our policymakers are doing enough to fund enough to keep them protected. Can you give us some examples of these businesses? Yeah. What kind of businesses are they? Where are they? It's very sad. You know, I think we've seen so many incidents around the state. Uh, you know, just, um, well, and you, can, you can take San Francisco, very progressive San Francisco, but even just in this past year, we have seen maybe on the bigger size, we have seen some businesses like Nordstrom, In-N-Out Burger, and Whole Foods all decide in early 2023 that they're gonna up and leave San Francisco. Uh, we have seen the Target store in downtown San Francisco experience about uh, 10, to 10 to 20 thefts a day in that store. And then most interestingly enough, Mayor London Breed of San Francisco has recently admitted that her car was broken into. Wow. So we ask, what does it take with policymakers, even in a progressive city like San Francisco? Hopefully, and fortunately, I think they are taking a look. But then in this same period of time, the city, um, the county supervisors are taking a look at actually disarming security guards. So taking any law enforcement tools out of security guards just at a time when San Francisco has experienced all of this. Um, in, in Southern California, there is a uh, retail grocery store around the entire Southland that have about 50 stores around the area. They have reported uh, approximately 200 200 retail thefts per day amongst their wow. 50 stores. And then to bring it more closer to home, uh, up and in this is a grocery store. This is a grocery Just, store yeah. chain in Southern California. No wonder they're locking up these items. Though. Absolutely, you can only imagine why they have to do this. And then to bring it a little closer to home and a more of a family nature, we have seen up in Oxnard, up in the Ventura County area, we saw a Little League team and a little, actually a Little League organization just up in Oxnard had thousands of dollars stolen in baseball mitts and gloves and equipment for kids that really rely on this as an after-school sport or a weekend sport, but thousands of dollars in equipment just from a community backyard. And then even to, to top it all off, what we're just seeing also is not just retail theft, we're not just seeing small businesses, but we have seen so much porch piracy happen. In America, for over the past year and a half, we have seen 260 million claims of porch piracy across the country. Wow, so this is just delivery items? Just delivery items to front doors. And again, what's happening is not just these things being stolen. You know, you're, you're looking for that transistor radio. Do they make transistors anymore? <laughs> um, but anything you're ordering from Amazon or from, from somebody who's delivering, now people are actually coming face to face with the perpetrator. And as I said, eight in 10 people that were surveyed recently are finding that these issues and these um, crimes are escalating to violent physical activity between the perpetrator and the person who's catching them. Old country soaps are handcrafted, long-lasting soap bars made on a farm in South Dakota with soothing natural ingredients without harsh chemicals that can dry out your skin. They can produce a creamy lather unlike anything you've tried before. Just a great American-made product that will leave your skin feeling soft and smooth all day long. The soap is multi-purpose. You can also use it for your hair, it's great for shaving and safe for pets. Every order comes with an exfoliating soap bag. It can hold smaller pieces of soap and can prevent soap bars from slipping out of the hand. After each use, just leave the soap bar inside and hang dry. 
it will last a long time. This company does not sell on Amazon, so go to oldcountrysoap.com and reward yourself and your loved ones. Use promo code INSIDER and get an exclusive 20% off your order. Let's support a company that brings back traditional American values and American manufacturing. John, do you have some specific stories that you can share with us on these, who are these business owners and what kind of events are happening to them? Yeah, it's really sad. I mean, we, we do have some specific ones. You know, a uh, guy who does my dry cleaning in the Sacramento area uh, had his store broken into during COVID. It was a dry cleaning store and they took all of the f- f- stuff in his cash register. They took a lot of the clothing items that belonged to customers. And, and he just looked at me and he said, you know, I, I just feel hopeless and helpless. You know, I keep calling law enforcement. I keep calling folks my own backyard, you know, the police department. Um, I have friends at, at you know, the DAs and others, and, and, and I just get lip service because it's not that they don't care. It's that they don't have the resources to come and really, f- in a timely manner, file the report and do what they need to do. So that's a frustrated uh, dry cleaner in Sacramento. Uh, closer down to Southern California, you know, there's a, a guy who's an, an, an NFIB member who has a retail and beverage store. And, uh, in North County, uh, and within one month, he was broken into three times. People wow. just shattering the door, the window, um, taking the product. Uh, and one of those three times, the, the per- person walked in, th- they were setting up, and they basically grabbed everything and they said, Try and stop me. Try and stop me. Um, and they kind of, you know, flexed some muscle at them. So you got small business owners who are terrified because they, they either you know, they know that law, the p- p- law enforcement, there's not a sufficient number of resources to protect them. But then you also have criminals who are basically escalating these problems. To and you violence. can even get sued, right? If you, if you try to stop them and they get injured, is there, is there some, there's some legal risk too in this process of trying to stop people, right? Absolutely. And we've also seen that where uh, perpetrators in recent months have tried to, you know, have been committing crimes uh, in our communities or even around the country. Uh, and when people try to stop them, uh, they are now finding themselves in court for apprehending that criminal the wrong way, not leaving it to law enforcement, which is ironic because they're nowhere to be found. Um, so this is a real, a real problem that we're finding that people are worried, especially in California, about being sued. This lawsuit, legal event, legal liability with small, with small business owners, but everyday Californians, is another reason people may stand back and say, what can I do? Do you think the business community has given up on this and they're just riding off the theft and saying, fine, I'll just charge a little bit more to pay for, for, the, for the people that are stealing. So customer, you have to pay more if you want to come to my store and this is it. Well, that's a really good question. And I think that's what we are finding with the businesses that um, are not giving up. And I think many of them are finding that with these kinds of thefts, they have no choice but to close up shop. That woman with the salons, right? Yeah. $100,000. And we had her on the show. Yeah, she's, yeah. yeah, right. So, of course. But that's one example. But we have found that for those who are willing to stick it out, who really are willing to try and fight for this, um, I think most of them are just trying to keep their head you know, below radar, um, do what they can. But what we've explained to the governor's team, what we've explained to the attorney general's team and other policymakers is, as we saw with the civil unrest in Los Angeles in the early 90s, many of these business owners, many of them ethnic business owners, Koreatown, you know, Chinatown and uh, Olvera Street area and, and just down, down in South Central, many of them are taking the law into their own hands because this is all they've got. 
They can't. They don't have a security guard. They don't have anything. But what they may have, and this is scares, should scare a lot of us. I've said, weapons of their own. The ability where they will actually become vigilantes to protect the livelihood of their store. And what we've explained is we don't want to make violence create more violence. And we want to make sure that, our, again, the real people who should be looking at this and supported should be our law enforcement. It shouldn't be in the hands of a guy who's behind a store who has either a gun or a machete or whatever. But we're, we, we fear that those who do stick around are going to become more vigilante business owners. And that's the last thing any of us should want. Let me give you an example. Uh, ca catalytic converter theft. You're familiar with yes, that, correct? Yes, this is a very big Boy, topic. The guy who works with me was bummed because he came in a couple hours late because his catalytic converter was, was stolen while he was trying to get on his way to work to work with us on retail theft issue. There's a, a sad so irony to that. Catalytic. Yeah, I know. But um, to give you a perspective about how bad California has become in this, it's just this area alone. Um, in 2018, there were about 1,500 catalytic converter thefts in California. Just the last year in 2022, we found 50, about a little north of 51,000 wow. catalytic converter theft. More than, a th we think, a thousand percent bump just in that alone. And then across the nation, we are finding that um, retailers um, have reported oh, just over the past year close to $94 billion wow. in lost um, product due to these types of things. So uh, to answer your question, Prop 47 is one thing that needs to be fixed. But we also need to make sure that our law enforcement, our local communities have more support through you know, better prosecuting opportunities. Um, yes, security guards, law enforcement officers, but also those tools. Because I think what small businesses are feeling right now is that uh, they don't mean anything. Did you ever think things will become like this in California? Because you've, you've been doing this for many years, right? You've been advocating for these small businesses. Did you ever think you have to do this for them on theft? It's a really good question, and I, I never thought that we'd have to address it to the level that it has needed to be addressed. I think we always knew that crime and small business crime um, exists, and there's always a need to fix it. But when we start to see stories, like I said, you know, where we found a woman uh, who owns a, a beauty salon in Los Angeles, she had five stores, but she was robbed more than a half a dozen, no, more than a dozen times to where she's now had to close all five stores. She just $100,000 to a small business owner like that lady uh, just isn't sustainable. So I, no, I never, never believed in my wildest dreams that we would see it get this bad. But we ask our policymakers in Sacramento, what are you doing to fix this? And what happens when you ask that question? Do they acknowledge there is a problem? Do they not acknowledge? Do they think this is okay? What, what, what do you see when you talk to them? Yes, I think, I think my back is getting sore from so many people patting me on the back saying we're the backbone of the economy and then doing nothing about it. Uh, you know, again, what we have found is a lot of talk, a lot of hyperbole about small businesses and Main Street being the engine uh, of our economy, especially in election years. Uh, but when it comes to those committee hearings and when there's some real specific but realistic uh, policy that would help both rehabilitate and move forward with accountability, something just gets in the way. And I think what gets in the way is just more of this liberal philosophy, which that, you know, we, we just have a law enforcement community out there that needs to be held more accountable than the criminal. Uh, and I don't know what it takes, 
But I will tell you that NFIB over this past year was proud to join a coalition of about 150 of the leading statewide business groups, regional groups, most of the crime victim advocates, and our group is called Californians Against Retail and Residential Theft, or CART. And uh, we, we, we didn't plan the acronym to look, say, CART, like a cart in a shopping. <laughs> but um, our CART coalition is the one group that is raising awareness about s the impact this has on small and ethnic businesses and families in our neighborhoods. Uh, a few policymakers in Sacramento, we believe, are just checking the box by focusing on, due respect, the Walmarts, the CVS Health, the Saks Fifth Avenue, but they're doing nothing to address the most vulnerable. And let's not, let's not fool ourselves. Your average little neighborhood retail store owner can't afford security cameras, security guards. They can't afford to reach out to a distribution center to have stuff restocked overnight. These are mom and pop stores. They can't do it. They will go under. And unfortunately, many of them are. So our coalition positive note is we're, we're not only urging our policymakers to focus on our most vulnerable, but we're also recognizing communities like the city of Lakewood here in Southern California that are doing cool things, doing great things to abate and address retail crime and residential crime. Do you think this Proposition 47 is a root cause of all of this? What are, what are your thoughts? Well, I don't think it's the root cause of all of the problem, but it is certainly not helped and it is certainly not ameliorating the problem that needs to be addressed. Uh, and I, I will tell you that when, when we saw this happen, though, it wasn't a, a, a right-wing, left-wing organization that decided to do a survey on it. The um, California Independent Nonpartisan Public Policy Institute of California did a survey in the wake of Prop 47 and found that a m significant increase was directly correlated to Prop 47, an increase in property crimes across the state. So I think they saw even in the first year it was about a 9% increase, and that was back in 2014. But over the years, the PPIC study um, has shown that. Our organization, NFIB, amongst our small business members, we asked them what needs to be done. 90% of our small business members, and there's about 14,000 in California, 90% of our responding members said, we need to fix Prop 47. Uh, it's not the only route. I will say that, we, again, we've had very lax laws as it relates to um, things that are making it easier for uh, you know, reduced sentences for criminals in our, in our public institutions. We have seen uh, a lot of problems. But one of the things I will tell you is a lot of the problems we're finding are in our state Senate and Assembly Public Safety Committees. Can you tell us, you are dealing with this, right? You are actually talking to the state leaders on these issues on behalf of these businesses, right? You're trying Correct. to. And what is going on there? What, what do they think? What do they tell you? Well, unfortunately, what we're finding amongst our policymakers in Sacramento is there still seems to be an aversion to do anything to touch Prop 47. Again, Prop 47 has been found by nonpartisan organizations to be tied to the problem in retail crimes and property thefts. So what I figured out about Prop 47 is it removes the fact that if you do it multiple times, 
Correct. Then before you get, it would be a felony and you go to prison, right? And now if you can do it as many times as you want, as long as it's under $950, you get a ticket, right? Is that? That's correct. And it's not aggregated. Um, you know, you're not aggregating the number of these crimes that are committed into that value. So um, it, there's no reason and it's no surprise that a small retailer, restaurant owner, liquor store owner, um, toy store owner, you name it, right? Um, is watching these criminals come in, take the item, that's under that $950 value um, and basically be able to steal there, go across the street, steal again. We have actually found, um, talking to law enforcement officials, that there are people who actually, in the Bay Area, actually take BART, you know, the rapid transit yeah, yeah. system, and they have a system where they will go from one city to the other and take up to $950 in a day's period. But the biggest problem is we have policymakers that are still not listening and not waking up to fixing 47, providing more funding for our local law enforcement. And we ask, what does it take to do that? L last, in 2022, mm -hmm. there were 17 pieces of legislation, many authored by Democrats and Republicans alike, uh, that included diversion rehabilitation programs plus accountability for the crime. None got out of committee. None got out of our committee. And this is like bills by, by Democrats and Republicans? or Correct. Bills that would either um, you know, aggregate the crime and include some diversion rehabilitation programs. Because I think what you'll find is many, if not most, agree there's opportunity to rehabilitate many people out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Many criminals are, are just simply not going to be rehabilitated. But there is a, a zeal and a desire to really try and do that. So even bills that are legislation that's authored by Democrats and Republicans, but Democrats, the, the reigning House and, and party in Sacramento, have tried bills even this year in 2023 to reduce that number back down to $400, but include diversion programs, include a chance to rehabilitate these criminals. And nothing has even moved again this year. Why do you think it doesn't move? Like, wh what's going on? How does this process work? It's, it's very frustrating. We're truly trying to understand what's inside the head of many of these leaders. I think we've, you know, we've, we've spoken with the leadership of the public safety committees. And Which is five members of Senate and Assembly, right? Correct. There's a few more in the Assembly, but you're, you're okay, right. Okay, in the Assembly there's more. So but each bill has to go through them, right? Correct. Anything that has to do with public safety, they have to say yes or no before that the senators or assemblymen can vote on them, right? That's correct, that's correct. Uh, and we've met with them either by Zoom, but we've brought their own constituents to meet with them. They're constituents who have been victims. We've brought in representatives from the NAACP and ethnic groups to talk to them about the problem. Because it's also important to remember many of these crimes, be they property or violent or what have you, um, or residential, um, have been, um, you know, a number of them have been minorities uh, attacking their own fellow minorities or other ethnic business owners. So this is not a white versus black issue, a racial issue. These are Californians across the board who are fought, falling prey to too much of this problem. And it is a philosophical issue with our leadership. It is a philosophical. Many of them believe that the family will just slap them on the wrist, that they will get the message by having their aunt or their mother keeping an eye on them and reining them in as, at a young age, but it's not happening. It is not happening. So many of these are, are latchkey kids, so we do need to do a better job of making sure that there's better programs in our communities, but we have to hold these criminals 100% accountable. Why do you think, so you're mentioning this is a philosophical issue. Is, is it because these people were involved? Because 
in, in the Prop 47. There's a lot of people that are that part of the current government, they actually wrote that, the, or helped writing, right? Is right. I think there are still many who believe that you know our, our correctional system is a little bloated in terms of people who are behind bars that you know could shouldn't be or could be out sooner uh, that we need to really put cr real criminals behind bars but the problem is a lot of these shoplifters retail thieves and others who are now escalating it to greater physical crimes are the ones who are going behind bars but even they believe that those people should be out in a short while they, they believe in zero many believe in zero bail in a bail system that does should not exist in california but at the end of the day there is a feeling that really we need to hug the criminal, we need to give the perpetrator more attention and care. And nobody's disagreeing that rehabilitation is important. But the problem is we are finding small business owners who are falling prey to this. If you were in charge, how would you fix it? Well, if I were in charge, <laughs> I would first of all, I would, one of the things the governor has a real opportunity to do and our policymakers is to convene a summit on retail and residential crimes. This is a problem, and Rome is burning. California is burning, but Rome... So we have to acknowledge this, but the media is not doing that. Because the percentages uh, that, that we have, that, and the data that we're getting, is not really true data, right? Well, it's very been very difficult to obtain data, you know. So I think one of the things that, fortunately at least, I think the Attorney General and the administration are looking at is how can we gather better data from district attorneys, sheriff's departments, police departments. Um, there's been very uh, poor, there's a consensus for sure that there's been a poor uh, process of a gathering and assessing concrete data. But when we talk about some of these numbers in terms of the spike in crime over these years, those are from the Federal Bureau of Investigation. I like to think the FBI doesn't like to get, uh, doesn't lie and doesn't uh, try to, uh, ex or I should say doesn't become poetic justice with what they report. Those numbers are real numbers from the FBI and what they're finding, the crimes are happening right here and across the nation. We gotta fix it. So if, we, if, if I were in charge to answer your question, we would, we would convene a summit. I think it really is important for our policymakers to have a thoughtful discussion with all the parties involved uh, about how to address this and address it for small and ethnic businesses who are the most vulnerable and families. But I would also make sure that we looked at a more a, a serious commitment to funding you know, local law enforcement and our communities and our cities with better ability and better tools to protect the people that they serve. And then on top of that, I think we're really looking at no other option than to really need to address Prop 47 at the ballot box. It may be in 2024, maybe after that, but we, I would be calling upon, and I do call upon the business community to take a very serious look at reforming Prop 47 and putting that investment where it counts right now so that their members, but that also most of our small businesses and customers and employees are not feeling vulnerable. When you talk to these lawmakers, what do they tell you? Do they, do they just listen and not nod, or, or do they, do they, what do they do? Well, some of them really are looking to take this seriously. And you know, so when we speak with a guy like, like Al Maratsuchi, who's from the Manhattan Beach, Redondo Beach area, he was very serious. I, I'm here to author some legislation that will really um, both aggregate the crime, 
but also uh, look at some you know rehabilitation avenues for people. Um, we've seen others like Roger Nilo, a, a Republican senator. You know, Maratsuchi is a Democrat, Republican, but a moderate up in Sacramento. Roger Nilo, who looked at really looking at more accountability. That if you commit that third retail theft crime, um, there you should have there should be more accountability in terms of jail time. But n so we don't get just lip service from in, from a number of them. But from where we do feel we get lip service is from our policymakers on those public safety committees who say we are here to protect. But at the end of the day, the public safety that they're protecting are the people who are out there stealing the property, taking the stereos, taking the catalytic converters. Oh, and then on top of that, injuring or sometimes killing people who are trying to, you know, get in the way of that. I'll tell you, one real sad story in San Jose is a teenage clerk was trying to stop somebody in a retail store from walking out with one bottle of liquor. And that teenager was killed. Wow. Within, it was since the first of this year. A teenage clerk who was just trying to stop. We've also seen uh, with a larger store, CVS Health, Walmart, but also other stores, people trying to ask them for their receipt. People walking out with the goods and getting pistol whipped. Seniors who are volunteering to be a Walmart greeter, we have foot, we've seen footage of seen people like that getting pistol whipped by merely just trying to stop the, the customer to ask for a receipt. It's a real problem. Our policymakers are not realizing what needs to be done. Our CART coalition, Californians Against Retail and Residential Theft at CART.org, C-A-R-R-T uh, .org, my egregious plug time of the discussion, but I will tell you that that is where people feel there's, we're, what we're hoping to do is turn up the noise, make sure that our policymakers are hearing about these kinds of crimes every day in their backyard, that they feel uncomfortable enough to actually want to make some good happen and protect us. So John, if you had a few minutes with the policymakers, what would you tell them? I would urge them to convene a town hall discussion with real experts on this to do something to stop and really address and fix uh, the issue of retail and residential theft in California. Number two, I would really call upon our public safety committees to take a careful look and listen and get a few realistic things passed that would help us move forward, at least that would combine diversion with accountability which has come before so them. So diversion meaning not putting people in jail, but just getting them to Diversion or, yeah, or rehabilitation. Yeah, um, there is a punishment and you look at the person, you know, so there's some punishment. Mm -hmm. And then I think third is for sure, is making sure our policymakers who, are, who have been, still are underway with the budget dis discussions as we do this segment here uh, in May of 2023, there is still an opportunity to infuse some significant dollars to protect our communities. More tools, resources, um, you know, ability for law enforcement to really take this seriously in our community and to have the protections that small and ethnic businesses and families need. Don't make your complete focus the big box stores, which again are a big problem because a lot of people are finding bigger volume dollar thefts and crimes that they can do there. And, and then resell them on retail, because that's another issue. They'll take the stuff and sell it online. But we, I would implore, and we have continued to implore our leaders to focus on those who are the most vulnerable, who are our minority business owners, our small business owners, and again, families and communities that are these porch piracy and catalytic converter victims for which they feel there is nobody there to give them that help. But CART, our coalition, is there to make sure they have a voice and that we are going to get some things done, I'm confident, this year. 
John Kabatak, president of NFIB for small businesses, representing small businesses of California. It was great to have you on California Insider. Always enjoy it. It's always good to see you. Thank you so much. If you like the show and our content, you should go to insiderca.com and sign up to our newsletter because we never know what can happen with social media and other platforms in terms of distributing our content. If you'd like to come on the show and be an insider, you can reach out to us at cainsider at epochtimesca.com. Again, it's cainsider at epochtimesca.com. We would love to have you on the show to tell us what's going on in your field in California. Thank you for watching.